Who's turning Diet 7-Up? Of course. Diet 7-Up is crisp and light. Right, Mr. Universe? To me, everything is light. I mean, it doesn't have that heavy aftertaste. To me, nothing <gasps> is heavy. <laughs> uh, then we're drinking it because we'll give up calories but not taste, right? I won't give up anything. Well, then why are you drinking it? Because Diet 7-Up is delicious. Uh -huh. Every time I drink it, uh -huh. it trickles when it goes down. <laughs> Diet 7-Up, the only thing you give up is calories. Right, Arnold? Mmm. Action podcast. Whoa! You hear that? You know what that sounds like? That sounds like power. It sounds like power. Because that was birdshot. <laughs> uh, we have a kind of a. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say new setup because it sounds so much crisper and clear. And I think it's all due to that power cable that you yeah. that you went and got. It's probably giving us a, a steadier power draw or something. Yeah, hundred percent. And that adds us a couple of uh, HPs. That stands for horsepower uh, on our uh, our unit here. Uh, we we uh, recorded one um, last month um, for for in honor of Black History Month. We did Action Jackson and. It's the greatest podcast that was never recorded <laughs> because we ended up losing power um, halfway through it. And then not only that, when we did realize that we had lost power, uh, for some strange reason, the thing didn't save because uh, we were on six AA batteries. That's what was powering us. So I sent uh, T-Dog down to the old radio shack, and he picked up... Uh, Dusted off the... Uh Pump action time machine <laughs> went back to 1987. <laughs> Got us a power supply and some moisture evaporators and an R2 unit. And I think that we're ready to go now because uh, we're going to need all the power we can get because we are finally covering, to me, the king of the action <laughs> movies, Arnold Schwarzenegger's 1992? Six. Six. Well, I was way off. 1996 classic Eraser. <laughs> I love it. Is this the first Arnold movie we've done? Well, we we did oh, uh, Jingle, All Jingle All the Way. I don't know if that really counts. Yeah, the first real Arnold movie. Yeah, the first real Arnold movie, and coincidentally, some consider it the last of the great Schwarzenegger classics, the '96 uh, Eraser. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Jingle All the Way was also this year, uh, but came out later. And then I think his next one was, I don't know, End of Days or no? No, True he Lies? did no. True Lies was before, before this. He did. Uh, he went on to do Batman and Robin yeah, after this, and then it kind of slowly went down. He did do like End of Days, Sixth Day was kind of like a weird. Yeah, I consider this the last. Great. True Arnold movie. Yeah, 100%. before his career started tapering off a little. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm actually looking it up now. Um, what the uh, progression was. Um, so I know he had done 
we, we talked about Jingle All the Way. This this eraser comes out in like August or something, or like a summer blockbuster, right. and then um, or towards the end of the summer blockbuster season. Because I remember seeing this in the theater, and then. Jingle All the Way comes out in like November, and I think we talked about that. I think they were both still playing in theaters um, at the same time. So yeah, this one comes out in in '96. Uh, Junior he did um, in '94. True Lies was also in '94, and then Last Action Hero, which is awesome. It's another underrated classic. If you haven't seen that, um, it's very meta, and I don't think audiences at the time quite understood. What yeah. to make of Last Action Hero, but it's really awesome. Um, and then, of course, 91, Terminator 2, Total Recall, Kindergarten, Kindergarten Cop, Twins, Red Heat, and then we're, you know, now we're getting back into, like, you know, the, the, the big run. But, yeah, directly after this, he does Batman and Robin. He does End of Days, which is such a weird, where he's, like, battling the Antichrist, um, The Sixth Day, Collateral Damage, which, you know, I got to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure I've ever seen Collateral Damage. And if oh, I have, I, I, I don't remember any of it. Um, and then he uh, starts kind of doing the the bit part things, right, where he's mm-hmm. kind of doing, like, Expendables, and he does Around the World in 80 Days. And this is the point where he starts start getting more into politics, right, yeah. and kind of had to put the old uh, movie career on the back burner. But luckily, before he chose to do that, we got this classic... Uh, film out of him. So do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the beginnings of Eraser? Yes. So uh, it was released in June 21st, I believe, okay, 1996. I was, I was wrong on that then. Um, American action film directed by Chuck Russell, stars Schwarzenegger, uh, Vanessa Williams, James Caan, James Coburn, Robert Pastorelli, James Cromwell, and uh, a bunch of other people. Those are kind of the big stars in it, though. Yeah, that was a pretty stacked cast, too. A lot of Oscar nominees. And mm-hmm. I think even an Oscar winner was at Cromwell that had won. Uh, or Coburn, excuse me. A lot yeah. of James. They like, hey, let's get all of the best yeah. Jameses <laughs> that we can. We'll get Khan. We'll get Cromwell. We'll get Coburn. So uh, directed by Chuck Russell. Um, among his other credits, Chuck Russell directed Nightmare on Elm Street 3. <laughs> The 1988 remake of The Blob. Yes. The Mask, starring Jim Carrey. Smoking. The Scorpion King, starring The Rock. It's a great one. He also produced the 1986 Rodney Dangerfield film, Back to School. Oh. And he also produced the Oscar-nominated film, Collateral, starring Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Oh, okay. So uh, kind of a big hitter in Hollywood. Yeah, for sure. Biggish hitter. Um. So Arnold, we don't really need to talk about him, but if for some reason you don't know who he is, uh, he was an Austrian bodybuilder, seven-time Mr. Olympia, 38th governor of California, one of the biggest movie stars in the world throughout the 80s and 90s. And uh, as we just mentioned, this was probably right at the end of his peak. Yeah. So uh, Conan was 81, 82. 82. So 82 to 96 is like... Arnold's uh, domination of the action box office. All bangers. Mm -hmm. Every one of them, man. He did. He was just unstoppable. Yeah, there's like 10 or 12 in a row that are just ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he's the main star. He plays Eraser, the Eraser. John. But they always John Kruger. (laughs) 
This is John Cruz, the course, best of the best. They, there's no explanation as to why he's got such a thick accent, right? They don't, there never really is. Um, they never really touch on it. The only one, I, the only time I can remember touching them touching on it was in Twins, where he was raised away from. Oh gosh, Vincent or whatever his name yeah. was. Um, so that, I think that's the only reason they ever explain like why he has such a thick Austrian <laughs> accent. Um, the other lead of the film is Vanessa Williams, and I am going to talk a little bit about her, and then we'll go a little bit into James Con because he's a big star as well. Mm-hmm. So Vanessa Williams was the first black woman to be crowned Miss America in 1983. Before the end of her reign. She was forced to resign when Penthouse Magazine published nude photos of her without her consent. Mm. And it wasn't until 2016 that the CEO of the Miss America pageant publicly apologized to her. After she won Miss America, uh, she got into singing with her first album being released in 1988. And up through 2009, she has released eight studio albums, four of which have gone gold or platinum or both. Her best-known hit is probably Saved the Best for Last, released in 1992, and was her only song to hit number one on the Billboard charts. She has a song on this soundtrack as yeah, well. Yeah, she did the closing theme. Yeah, but you got to stick around because <laughs> it doesn't start out. you gotta, you got to stay late, but it's she, worth it. She had about a dozen other top 100 hits. She's also known for singing The Colors of the Wind, which is the theme song to the Disney film Pocahontas, released in 1995. Throughout her career, she has been nominated for three Emmys, 11 Grammys, one Tony, as well as dozens of other accolades, including NAACP and Screen Actors Guild Awards. Her first film role was in the 1987 film The Pickup Artist, starring Robert Downey Jr. and Molly Ringwald. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's been a while since I've seen that one. She appeared in a small number of films throughout the late 80s and early 90s, but her first leading role in a major motion picture was in 1996's Eraser, opposite Arnold Schwarzenegger. Eraser! She continues to act to this day, uh, having starred in dozens of films and scores of television shows, including such well-known series as T.J. Hooker, Love Boat, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Allie McBeal, Desperate Housewives, Modern Family, RuPaul's Drag Race, and many others. She has also appeared on Broadway a number of times throughout the 2000s and onward. So pretty busy, pretty busy woman. Mm-hmm. But I think for our generation, if you're maybe a, a woman, you know her for her singing. Yeah. If you're us, it's for Eraser. <laughs> yeah. Um, that seemed, I mean, in my opinion, that was probably her biggest and most well-known movie role anyway. Yeah. She seems like she's... Done a lot more TV though. I tell you what, she so. she does steal a lot of scenes. I just literally within like an hour just finished watching this, and it's crazy. Like, yeah, I just was watching her the whole time because she is great in this movie. She is awesome. Um, James Con is in this, and he plays the main villain. Um, as of this recording, he actually died less than a year ago. Did he really? I think July of last year. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, he was born in 1940, started acting in the early 1960s, landing numerous roles in TV shows and films throughout the decade, appearing alongside such actors as Lee Marvin, John Wayne, Robert Mitchum, and Olivia de Havilland. 
and working for such directors as Robert Altman and Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. However, none of these roles really did much for his career until he appeared opposite Billy D. Williams in the TV movie Brian's Song in, uh, I didn't write this down, but I believe it was 1971. Mm-hmm. He was subsequently nominated for an Emmy and a Golden Globe. The following year, Francis Ford Coppola cast him as Sonny Corleone in 1972's The Godfather, which pretty much put him on the map for the rest of his so career. so good in that movie, though. Uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award for this role and rocketed to stardom. Uh, he starred in a steady stream of movies throughout the 1970s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and teens, almost right up until his death in 2022. Man, I had no idea that he died. He didn't do much television, only appearing in a small number of roles in the 1960s and in the 2000s, mostly as guest roles. His longest stint on television was in the show Las Vegas from 2003 to 2007. Some of his other mainstream credits include Godfather 2, Alien Nation, Dick Tracy, Misery, Honeymoon in Vegas, Elf, and a ton of other stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. He was nominated for four Golden Globes, one Emmy, and one Academy Award. And as I mentioned, he was he's the main villain in this movie. Um, one the uh, so as is pretty common in these kind of movies, there's a comic sidekick. Yeah, uh, this was played by Robert Post, Robert Pastorelli. Um, and I wasn't going to mention much about him, but then I read his story, and it's pretty crazy. Did you? I, I, no, I don't really him? know any other than that he played Timmons in Dances with Wolves. <laughs> that was like such a mainstay in my house growing yeah. up. So he was a character actor active throughout the 80s and 90s. His most notable role was on the hit TV show Murphy Brown. Uh, he was starred in Eraser in 96. In 1999, he got in an argument with his then-girlfriend at the time that ended with her death. mm Pastorelli claimed that she pulled out a gun and shot herself. Uh, The police investigated, and they ruled her death as accidental, and Pastorelli was clear of any wrongdoing. But immediately after this incident, his career almost immediately took a nosedive, and he eventually relapsed into a drug addiction, which he had beaten years earlier. In 2004, he was found dead at the age of 49 from a morphine overdose. And apparently he had recently been told that events surrounding his girlfriend's death were being re-examined by authorities, and they were supposedly going to charge him with homicide. So, that's pretty crazy. By crawl, I did not know any of yeah, that. I didn't either. I kind of knew he had died young, but I didn't really pay yeah. attention why. But yeah, Eraser was a few movie, a few years before all that happened. But well, I, I really hate that because that was yeah. I really hate weird. to. Um, commend his performance in this because he's fantastic in this as well. Yeah, he played for, you know, a lot of his roles. He was like a kind of a wise cracking. Yeah. Kind of Italian. Yeah, wise guy. Mafia-ish kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of the big, big players in the movie. So, Chuck Russell, the director, and Arnold were working on another project at the time. And uh, they were kind of introduced to the idea for Eraser. And everyone pretty much agreed from the beginning that Arnold was going to be the eraser. Um, Arnold's wife at the time, who was Maria Shriver, actually suggested Vanessa Williams for the role of Lee Cullen, who is the female lead. Mm -hmm. Before they cast James Caan, they 
were considering Jonathan Price as the villain. Uh, the screenplay was initially penned by Tony Perrier, who had worked in advertising on rap videos. Um, more writing on the script was done by two writers from Law & Order, Waylon Green and Michael Chernuchin. Uncredited rewrites were also done by Frank Darabont and a Terminator 2 screenwriter, William Wisher Jr. And Arnold also had John Milius take a pass at the script as a personal favor. Yeah. You so, can go ahead with that because it's yeah, another... A lot of... I mean, a lot of big, talented writers yeah. took a hit on this, and you were mentioning that it, you thought it was really well. Yeah, well, I mean, you can tell to me when Milius gets his hands on something, like he molds it into something very, um, what am I trying to say, um, something that's very straightforward and, and easy to follow. He gets rid of all, I mean, I don't know how much he actually did on the script, but you can definitely tell, like, a lot of the comedy elements that kind of Arnold was known for. I mean, it's a straight shooter. I mean, there's not a whole lot of time for, you know, one-liners or um, the, the plot just moves. It's, I mean, it's very dramatic when it needs to be. It's very action-y when it needs to be. And that's exactly what this movie is. Um, to me, it's one of Arnold's best performances, like, as an actor. Um, because he's pretty believable in this role. He's not corny. He's not, um, it's not tongue in cheek. Like it's a straightforward, I mean, it's almost like a drama action film. Um, the action scenes do come, you know, pretty fast and furious, but then I love the fact that it slows down enough, which is something that you don't see a lot in common action films where it's just like, let's throw as much shit on screen as we possibly can in a short amount of time. And then by the time you leave the theater, like, I have no idea what I watched. Like, and that's, that's the truth. Like, I, I couldn't tell you. I've seen all the Marvel movies, but you know that I'm thinking about, back about them? Like, I couldn't tell you what they're all about. I couldn't tell you any of the plot lines to any of them. Yeah, yeah. this movie, there's a lot of, like, I mean, it's an action movie, but there's a lot of, like, espionage. And yeah. Like thriller. Thriller like stuff. That's what I was trying to sneaking say. Sneaking around and stuff. Like, yeah. I think one of the best scenes is when she, she's breaking into the office trying to download the... Oh, and she's got like the the video and the yeah 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 yeah. Uh, yeah and there's a lot of scenes that are like, like you mentioned, they they just kind of slow down and they they do some exposition and yeah, and they let you kind of like process like what's what's happening in the film and kind of slow it down so you can kind of breathe um, because the action scenes are like pretty insane. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of fake shimping going on here. You can definitely <laughs> like, there's no way that guy's Arnold and they don't hide the fact that that's not Arnold at all. And a few of like the, especially the, the parachute scene yeah. where he's jumping out of the airplane. You're just like, Oh, like the camera's like straight on his stunt double. And like, it doesn't even look anything like Arnold, but, um, but yeah, I, I just love the fact like we, I was always really trying to do like a Arnold one liner or just like a funny little, you know, well, it's one liner and there's only like two in this one. And it's one's literally the very last line of the film. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, it's it's just a straight, like, they play it straight. And I think that's what works well for a film like this. Um, I think, you know, coming off of something which I think is one of the greatest action films of all time, True Lies, um, it did have a lot of comedy elements in it. Um, and so I think he needed something like this to kind of round out that. Um, then especially going into the complete farce direction that he went in with Batman and Robin, I think this is like a perfect, like, bookend to that storied, like, 11-year run or whatever it was, you know, 13-year run or whatever. 
that he had. Um, if you haven't seen this film, it is awesome. Um, go check it out. Um, it starts out just, I mean, it just starts out. I mean, once this movie gets going, like, it doesn't stop. Like, it starts out with, like, um, it, the even the opening credits, it shows him, like, burning, like, all of these documents, like, driver's license and social security cards and birth certificates and, like, the credit, you know, plays over it, the, the titles play over it. And then he, like, the very first scene is him, like, going into this house to stop this assassination attempt on Robert Past- Pastorelli's family, and, or his him and his girlfriend, I guess. And, you know, you got to think, of, like, there's people out there that, that do this. Like, they work in witness protection. Like, it's their job to stage these murders. And you might see something like that on, like, Forensic Files, or you might see something like that on, like, Unsolved Mysteries or something like that. Um, but it's, it's a great concept for a movie. Like that's what the movie's about is they're the people that are hired by the CIA or FBI or whoever they're hired by that work in the federal witness protection program that literally hide these people. And, um, it's just like what they said, you know, like how did they, you know, when they, he stages, he basically comes in and he shoots all the assassin, the assassination attempts or he kills all these, the, the killers that are kind of coming into I'm kind of getting off track here. <laughs> Whoo, slow down. Need to lay off the old Mountain Dew Zero. But um, so I guess there's like this assassination attempt. Let me reset. And then Arnold comes in and he stops the assassination attempt by um, killing all of the people that have been hired by this mafia hitman. And he tells Pastorelli, like, lay down. He's like, why? And he's like, because you're dead. And like pours like all this fake blood on him. And then he takes photos of him. And then he like, you know, radios in and like this van pulls up and it has two cadavers that look pretty similar to Robert Pastielli. And then he brings him in and, or brings the cadavers in, throw them on the floor. He hustles him and his girlfriend out. They take all the pictures of like the blood all over the place. And then he's for some reason, Oh, of the hitman outside, he drags the hitman outside that are already dead. And he lays them on the yard and then he sticks the pic, the dead pictures of the, of Pastorelli and his wife, like inside the guy's suit jacket and he's like, you know, come on. And then anyway, long story short, so they're driving to like wherever they're going. And he's like, and, you know, debriefing him like now your name is this and you're going to be doing this and that, this and that. And he's like, how did they find me? And he's like, you decided to go back to the neighborhood to get a pizza. Huh. And he was just like, what? And so like somebody spotted him and like that's how the, all that happened. So it just kind of goes to show you like if you're in a program like that, like the – need to stay hidden like and to you know not be tempted to go outside your whatever normal thing that you do like it is literally like starting completely over fresh and just forgetting anything that you did in your past whether it's a favorite pizza place or whatever that you have to stay hidden but i just love the the idea that he goes back to like the lab and he's like switching up his dental records and like i mean it's so thoroughly thought through and i thought you know that's like millis millius's touch is like all those little details of like oh well we got to go back now it's not just movie magic where okay now they're dead it shows him going in and like switching out his social security numbers and switching over his dental records and switching over like all of his blood type and like all of that stuff that you have to like in the federal database of you know whatever and then um he gets like i guess the second case which is vanessa williams um where she has has this computer program for like these high-tech super weapons and i guess it basically turns out to be like a rail gun which i thought again was something that's way you know if you think about it now like we have that type of technology but like back in like 96 like that was something that was like video game Mm -hmm. you know 
But anyway, I just thought that was really super cool. Just the whole idea of it, the whole concept of it, the whole thought behind it, and like all those little details of you know what goes into having to, to do something like that is just a hundred percent spot on, and I just couldn't get enough of it. Principal photography for the film began in 1995 in New York City. They filmed in locations such as the South Bronx, Central Park, Brooklyn, and Chinatown. The production then moved to Washington, D.C. before a brief sequence was filmed in New Jersey. Eraser wrapped in Los Angeles after filming at multiple locations, including West Hollywood, Griffith Park, and the Warner Brothers Studios sound stages. Arnold performed a lot of the stunts for the movie himself, including stunt work involved during his escape from a jet in midair. The company where Vanessa Williams character works is called Cyrez in the movie, Mm -hmm. but in the script it was known as Cyrex. The whole movie was filmed with the Cyrex name before a microprocessor company named Cyrix found out about it and complained. (laughs) The production had to digitally alter scenes featuring the name Cyrex, changing it to Cyrez, and multiple lines had to be redubbed. At the time, this was a fairly expensive process, and in some parts of the film, you can still see the name Cyrex. Mm. And the punchline to that whole story is that the microprocessor company Cyrix uh, went out of business the next year. <laughs> so they made a big fuss about nothing. Yeah. yeah. I know uh, the whole time I'm watching that, and every time they said Skyrex or Skyrex, I was like, you mean, or Cyrex, I was like, you mean Skynet? Like, <laughs> I don't know, just that whole thing with the Terminator, and it's all <laughs> computer-based programming and yeah. stuff. So it was released on uh, June 21st, 1996, and had an opening weekend of $24.5 million in the U.S., beating out Disney's The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Its total domestic box office haul was a little over $100 million, which is almost $200 million today, making it the 11th highest grossing film of the year, right behind The First Wives Club and Ahead of Phenomenon, oh, okay. two movies that no one talks about so <laughs> and here we are yeah. talking about eraser still yeah. i should say something total worldwide gross was over 242 million dollars or 465 million today this was on a budget of 100 million so it was an expensive movie to make it was the 167th highest grossing r-rated movie of all time so here's some interesting international facts. In the Philippines, Eraser grossed more than Twister, Mission Impossible, and The Rock, which came out the same year. And those movies made more money in the U.S., but in the Philippines, they really liked Eraser. <laughs> yeah. In Malaysia, it had the largest opening for a Warner Brothers movie for six years until Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets came out. Six years? Mm. Overall, it has generally average or positive reviews, despite many criticisms to the storyline. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars, and it was even nominated for an Academy Award for sound effects editing. So you said you saw it in the theater. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think I saw it in the theater, too. And I also got the VHS when it came out. I so did I. It was released on VHS and Laserdisc on October 29th, 1996. The DVD was then released in 1997. I think I, I know I have that because my DVD, it's so old that it's one of the features was 
interactive menus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when they're selling you that as a special yeah. feature. And then the other thing is like on one side of it, it's the standard edition. And then you flip it over and it's the widescreen. Yeah. So here's an, another interesting fact. Uh, DVD movies, the DVD movie format had premiered the year before in Japan. So this was still brand new technology. And Eraser, um, I had a little trouble 100% confirming this, but Eraser was supposedly one of the first four movies ever released on DVD. Really? I did not realize uh, that. In Japan on December 20th, 1996. The other three movies were Point of No Return, The Fugitive, and Blade Runner. Nice. So those are the first four movies ever on DVD. And I just a uh, side note, that was the first of uh, 25,000 releases of Blade Runner <laughs> in the subsequent years that that yeah. movie has been released. Uh, the Blu-ray came out in 2008. Eraser is currently available to rent from multiple streaming services and is still easily found in physical format. Go watch it. Yeah. A novelization of the movie was also released in 1996, written by Robert Tyne. Tyne was best known for his apocalyptic Outrider series of novels, but he also wrote a ton of movie novelizations throughout the 80s and 90s, including Footloose, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Red Heat, Universal Soldier, Last Action Hero, Demolition Man, and a whole bunch more. Oh, man. Those would be awesome to get. Yeah. There was a PC game released in 1997 called Eraser Turnabout, which works as sort of a sequel. An Eraser reboot movie called Eraser Reborn was released direct-to-video in 2022. What? And is currently streaming on HBO Max. No way! Yeah, it's not very good. Oh, you watched it? I started uh. watching it, yeah. It, it, uh, it looks like just kind of a low-budget I mean, it's direct to video. So. Oh, okay. Does it have any like ties to this one? No. It's, no. it's basically. Well, I call like it a, reboot, so yeah. <laughs> its own separate animal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Eraser, one of the, I think, top three underrated Arnold movies ever. Yeah. Um, I, I think it gets overshadowed by True Lies, mm-hmm. which is a similar kind of movie. Yeah. Um, but still, definitely one of you know one of his underrated. I know that we've talked about this one being so underrated, and we talked about Raw Deal also being very underrated. What is your other like Arnold movie that you feel like super underrated? Um. So Eraser, Raw Deal. I think I actually think Collateral is a little Collateral underrated. Damage. Uh, yeah, collateral damage. Um, I mean, it's it's not. It's it's almost like a reboot of Commando. I mean, it's not yeah. really nothing really remarkable about it, but it's still entertaining. I think. Um, man, I feel like there's probably a couple. Really I always thought re- like Last Action Hero was very underrated too. I just don't think the audiences were ready for a film like that. Red um, Heat. Red I Heat think, is also yeah. Um, I think. Um, because he's really, he really plays this straight man in that. Yeah, and it's it's almost uh, more of a uh, Jim Belushi movie. Yeah, but I think it's definitely underrated. As and a, he looks as so movie. good in the towel in the snow too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, that's probably like the top three or four. Yeah. Eraser, Raw Deal, Red Heat. I'll tell you another one that he's really good in, and I'm talking like performance-wise because it's not an action movie, um, was Maggie. Have you ever seen that one where he does like the zombie? No. Um, So this one's like a much later, obviously, like this one was after like, what's the one where he was like the sheriff? Um, Last Stand. Last Stand or something. Yeah, Yeah. so it was like right as like his big comeback. And um, I remember scenes like Schwarzenegger battling zombies, and I'm like, what what the <laughs> why I have to see that like oh my god like zombies you know da 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 so I rented it and it's not at all what you think it's like this I mean spoilers if you haven't seen it it's about his daughter gets bit and it's like her slow transformation into a zombie and how he has to sort of like deal with the fact that you know in a month or so like this is not going to be his little girl anymore so he's like trying to do all the things that he can and he like moves him out to like this country cabin thing and I mean, it is a very, very good atmospheric. Um, I mean, it's so it really is. It's super good. Um, I, it's not at all like what you think like a typical Schwarzenegger film is, even though I thought that's what it would be. And I was watching this, just like waiting for something crazy to happen. It never does, and the movie ends, and I'm just like, you know what? Still great. It was still really good. Like it's not what I thought it was, but you know. It was awesome. So I always think that Maggie is a very underrated Schwarzenegger film, too. Um, so if you haven't seen that one, check that one out. That one's awesome. There's a Jackie Chan movie kind of like that. came out a few years ago with, I think, Pierce Brosnan is in it. And it's like not not a beat-em-up movie at all. Where mm-hmm. he's, it's like a kind of like a spy thriller, I guess. Was that The Foreigner? Yeah. Yeah, that one's super yeah. good, too. And I do have to make a, a correction, too, because I had said that he was in Red Cliff with that John Woo, and I was wrong on that. Um, it was 1912. I knew it was, like, some period right. film that he did, and it was not Red Cliff. It was 1912 was the one that he was in, so. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, do you do you have anything else you would like to uh, talk about this? Oh, I always have stuff to say, <laughs> as you can tell. Sometimes I start down a line, and I don't even know where I'm going to end up sometimes. Um, the action sequences are great. Um, we mentioned the, the parachute uh, scene where he's sort of drugged by James Caan, who's you know the, the real mole of the, the operation. Right. Um, and so he's, you know has to like free himself from this plane, and he, like... Um, pulls the emergency hatch and the door flies out and like, you know, it's that whole typical, like, oh, everything's getting sucked out of the airplane and he's like hanging on. Everything's like going through that twin, that turbo engine thing and he's like, don't let go, John. You're going to be, you know, little thing will shred you like shit through a goose or whatever. <laughs> and um, Anyway, so um, he throws the parachute out of the plane and so the parachute's like flying down without Schwarzenegger and then he also throws like, I can't remember what it was, like a, chair or something out of the plane as well and that gets hits the turbo engine to make it stop spinning and that way he now he can jump out and he like has to do this dive with no parachute on to get the parachute and then um uh put the parachute on he pulls the rip cord parachute deploys he's like floating down to safety and then this really awesome thing where like james con's like turn this bastard around. I want that son of a bitch's brains on this windshield. <laughs> and the pilot's like, I'm just trying to keep her in the air. And he's like, do it. And so the, the plane like does this big, you know, dramatic U-turn and it's coming back towards like this just calmly floating, you know, Schwarzenegger. 
And um, he's like, there he is. And like, he like punch it, Chewy. And like the pilot, like, you know, hits the gas or whatever you do in a plane. And he's like sailing towards the Schwarzenegger and Schwarzenegger pulls out a, like a nine millimeter and starts like shooting at the, at the cockpit <laughs> and like hits the pilot, uh, causing the plane to go just underneath him. But the um, force of that causes him to get tangled up in his parachute. Yeah. And then he like, has to like, deploy the emergency chute within like 25 feet of the ground and he like crashes into like the top of that junkyard car right and those little those little kids come up and he's like where am i and that little kid goes earth <laughs> <laughs> as if he didn't see like this insane action that happened above his head you know yeah. so like that scene was awesome and um another really cool thing i love the idea of him saying i work alone you know you like you know when you're in this business you can't trust anybody. I'm the only person that you can trust, which again, I think is one of those little Milius or Darabont touches that you wouldn't think about, you know, like you don't talk to anybody but me. And I'm going to tell you, we're not going to talk by phone. Everything's going to be face to face. If you have a phone call from this number, don't answer it. This is a warning call that they're on to you. Like you need to leave the premises. We're going to have a meeting spot. If anybody says, you know, um, that I sent for you, don't trust them. Here's a gun, kill them. And that's like what he tells her. So long story short, like he's drugged or he's, I guess he's no, he's, he, this is after he lands on that, in that junkyard and he steals that tow truck and he's just like hauling ass through like everything, um, fancy balls. And I mean like downtown New York or where Baltimore, or wherever this film is set. And, um, he calls her on that phone and she's like, oh, I gotta get out of here. But they go to the zoo, which again, I, and he says, you know, we're going to go to the zoo because there's six exits like that you can leave. It's, it's easy access to, to in. There's easy access out. It's a public place. Da, 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 da. So he tells her to go to the zoo. We're going to meet at this certain place in the zoo. And if, like he, he said, if anybody but me shows up, you need to run. And here's a gun, kill him. Well, somebody else shows up. So she knows like the gig is up. Like, there's something going on. There's something you know, crazy happening. Well, Schwarzenegger shows up, of course, right in the perfect timing before she gets killed. And he shoots out the alligator aquarium. And these, like, super alligators, like, come flying yeah. out that are, like, obviously CGI. <laughs> which is, like, another thing about this movie that if I have a gripe, and it's not the, the film's fault because that's the technology that we had at the time. They were still working on, you know, CGI and computer animated graphics. But... That seems a little dated because it does take you out of the movie because they're obviously cartoons and you can't like hide that fact. But it was pretty awesome. So he like shoots all the alligators. But then you have the one really classic Arnold one-liner when he goes, your luggage. Yeah. When he tells that to the <laughs> alligator before he shoots it, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so that one, another great action scene. Um, the other really cool one too, I thought was um, towards, the, I always call it like the all is lost action scene where like you think the hero is going to die or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they're at like the, um, the docks towards the end of the film where like the big arms deal is going to happen. And, um, they have a, like a sniper up like in this tower or whatever with like that rail gun, which if you haven't seen the movie, like the scope through the rail gun is like X-ray, like super high tech, like X-ray. Imagine like total recall, like where you know they're walking through and you can see the skeletons. Like you can even see like the organs beating and like yeah. cats and stuff. So, um, anyway, um, Schwarzenegger's there trying to rescue, um, Lee, is it Lee Collin or whoever her name is, yeah. Vanessa Williams' character, because, um, Khan has kidnapped her and he's kind of holding her because she has a disc. It's a whole story. You got to watch the film to get it. But anyway, um, 
I thought it was awesome though that like this guy starts shooting with that rail gun, um, and it's easily thwarted though by just some really fancy somersaulting and zigzag staggered running. Like you know when you have a, a gun that's like that high tech, like all you really have to do is just somersault and they'll miss you every time. Yeah, do, don't they say like the bullets travel the speed of light or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And it's you ma- can you can just see them going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Matrix style. They're kind obviously. Of. It's much slower than just regular right. bullets. Yeah. It was awesome. But the greatest part is like, so like they blow up everything but Schwarzenegger and like, so all this like, you know, walls and shit falls around down on him. And then like, um, it, and also coincidentally, which is also pretty awesome is that it coincidentally blows both sleeves off his leather shirt or his leather jacket, <laughs> which sets up that really awesome, like rise from the ashes scene later when you think he's dead, but then he rises out of like the ashes and he's like smoldering and he's got two rail guns, <laughs> you know, and he's just like fired them both off like Rambo style, but he's got both the sleeves <laughs> completely ripped off his shirt and like his bolt, his biceps are bulging. And he's just like, Da-da! you know, it was awesome, so I love that part. So just I don't know. It's it's an Arnold movie for reasons like just things like that. I and mean, that, that did happen to me in Iraq a couple of times. So <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, yes. Some uh, was IEDs just yeah. accidentally blew both your sleeves <laughs> off, and that was like, and maybe got a scratch on your on your forehead right. just for dramatic purposes. Came up out of the Humvee wreckage <laughs> <laughs> with two rail guns. So, yeah, there's just a lot of really awesome stuff in this one. Um, There's also one thing I also wanted to mention, too, and I don't know if this is a theme in Arnold films because it kind of seems to be a thing. Um, And I don't I I think that it's pretty cool and very um, forward thinking in its time is there's usually like a scene where he has a character that's in like a gay club or like a, a drag club. Um, There's one in Raw Deal where he has to go to like a drag club. Yeah. Robert Pastorelli works at a drag club, so he has to go recruit Pastorelli. And he's like, you said that you'd help me with anything. And he's like, I thought you wanted me to get you a pizza. He's like, now you want me to break into Cyrex? <laughs> so, but what I really, and then he did it again in like a Terminator film. I think it was Terminator 3 or one of them. So there's like three or four movies where like there's scenes that take place in a drag bar. But what I really like respect about it is that it's not done tongue in cheek. There's no side cracks to it. It just happens to take place in there, which... You know, like in the 90s and the 80s, like that's pretty forward thinking, you know, for the time period, like especially not to crack a joke at their expense. So I kind of thought that was kind of refreshing and kind of surprising, too, because it's like, you know, I've seen enough of these 80s movies like Crocodile Dundee and (laughs) some of the other ones where you just know like some grown, some groaning like, oh, God, like of the time kind of joke. But there's none of that here. It's and like even one of the guys is like, be safe. And he's like, okay, And. And um, Schwarzenegger's like, "What's up with that guy?" And he's just like, "He really just he just cares about me." And he's like, "Okay," <laughs> but like it, that, there was no joke there. Like you think like, "Oh, there's the setup," but yeah. there was no. He was just like, oh, "Okay," you know what I mean. So it was kind of cool to see that. And like I said, um, I don't know what it, I mean. Obviously, it was, I guess you know his being a Republican, but he's a pretty conservative, uh, uh, liberal Republican, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, Schwarzenegger is at this time, but I don't know. Like I said, I just thought that's kind of a theme in a lot of his films. Yeah. Is having a, well, a scene like that? Um, if we ever do Pumping Iron, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but that probably also comes from his bodybuilding days. Yeah, it's true. You know, he's talked about how there's a lot of gay bodybuilders and yeah. gay fans of bodybuilders. Yeah. And I'm, I think he's talked about how he got used to that real quick. Yeah. Being a bodybuilder, just yeah. being around 
homosexual. So, I yeah. mean, he's probably... And that was back in the 70s. Well, yeah, there's like that scene in Pumping Iron when he's at the, the, the jail where he's posing at, yeah. at the penitentiary and all those guys are like, ooh, yeah. and he's just like... He's got a beautiful and, body, Yeah, man. man, he like slow... He's like milking it, man. He like <laughs> takes it off and kind of slinks, you know, yeah. like shimmies his shoulders a little bit. And he hands it, hands his shirt off, and all those guys are going crazy. And he's just like, "I heard about guys like you in here, <laughs> you know." But that was it. Like, you know, he didn't care. Like, I thought that was really cool, though. And I so, respect Schwarzenegger a lot for for that. So, yeah, he seems like he was kind of on the cutting edge of acceptance of yeah, the gay movement. totally. Especially during the time, like yeah. that's just it's crazy to me, you know. So, you know, hats off to him for that. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have a couple of top 10 lists. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, this is, this first one is highest grossing Arnold movies. Ooh. Um, and this is unadjusted for inflation. So there's going to be some controversial (laughs) controversy here. Adjusted for inflation. Um, so this is from the richest.com highest grossing Arnold movies unadjusted for inflation. Number 10, Kindergarten Cop. Number 9, End of Days. Really? Yeah. Uh, Number 8, Twins. Loved it. Number 7, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Number 6, Eraser. Yeah. Number 5, Total Recall. Number 4, True Lies. Number 3, Terminator Genesis, which I think was the most... Is that the most recent one? No, Dark Fate, I believe. I, which I honestly, I got to be, I've never seen it. Yeah. I stopped after Genesis because I was so stoked <laughs> for that one. I was just like, I can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, number two, Terminator 3. Rise of the Machines. Yeah. And uh, number one, even unadjusted for inflation, Terminator 2. I believe that. Yeah. Uh, to me, and I've said, like, to me, greatest, that's my favorite Arnold movie of all time. And hands down, probably, to me, greatest movie of the 90s, greatest action film behind maybe hard-boiled ever made like unbelievable so i love terminator 2 and it gets all the respect that it deserves so i mentioned that eraser was the 167th highest grossing r-rated movie yeah and now i have the top 10 highest grossing r-rated movies oh okay this is from box office mojo and again this is unadjusted for inflation number 10 beverly hills cop Number nine, The Hangover Part Two. <laughs> so we just didn't get enough of Part One. Yeah. Number eight, The Hangover. <laughs> Number seven, The Matrix Reloaded. I don't even know which one that was. Yeah, Is I think that... that was like after three, right? Four, I don't remember. remember. I don't know. Uh, Number six, Deadpool Two. Mm-hmm. Number five, the 2017 remake of It. Mm-hmm. Number four, Joker. Number three, American Sniper. Number two, Deadpool. (laughs) And the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time, Passion of the Christ. Yeah. So there's a weird mixed bag That is a very weird... I I would never in a million years think that that number one would be Passion of the Christ. Um, But that does tell you a lot about the movie-going audience and kind of what their likes are and definitely what the demographic is. Just with between Hangover, Hangover Two, Deadpool, mm-hmm. Deadpool Two, that tells you who's going to watch these movies. Yeah. You know, it's like straight white males, eighteen to thirty. Yeah. You know, and you got American Sniper there in the top <laughs> yeah, three. That's another one, eighteen to thirty, straight white male. Yeah. 
with the uh, balls hanging off the back of their truck. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Eraser. Eraser. 1996. Oh, man. Very underrated Arnold movie. I love it. Go watch this movie. Seriously. Um, it's awesome. And again, I, it's not to me like it's a great action film. It's a great thriller. There's some great dramatic moments in it. When you have like Coburn and uh, James Caan in it, you know you're in for like, there's no overacting. The acting in it's solid. Vanessa Williams is amazing in this. You know what else I respect about this movie is that there's no like forced love triangle between him and her or no forced love relationship. They're just strictly like, she's a scientist. She's super smart. She's not like slutty at all. Like in a lot of these, you know, like, oh, well. You know, when we saw in... Um, there's no uh, scenes of her in the there's shower. There's no scenes of her in the shower. No, she's like totally respectable person. You know what I mean? She just tried to do the right thing, um, you know, by by selling these um, kind of the happenings, I guess, of, of what was going on with them, selling these um, high-tech uh, high tech weaponry to the Russians, um, which is kind of a throwaway subplot. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Um, there's sort of like at the very end, like, oh, well, we killed this bad guy. We got to kill one more. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I love that too. Like there's no like really odd ball, like, oh, well, now they have to fall in love because he's her protector. Um, she was awesome in this and loved every second of this movie. Um, like I said, if I have one gripe, it's just all the fake shimps and the CGI alligators. And that's it. Other than that, this is a solid, solid movie. I'm definitely giving this one, um, uh, nine pumps on the pump scale, (laughs) (laughs) 10 being the highest of all the pumps. So get yourself a steak dinner, uh, pour yourself a beer because milk is for babies. Real men drink beer. Um, um, Watch
Um, <laughs> okay. I've got that one kind of planned, but we'll see if he's not too busy being inhuman, doing humanly impossible things. We'll see. But anyway, um, yeah, let us know what you think. We love doing this. It's a whole lot of fun. Um, yeah, pump action. Podcast. Later. <laughs>